Welcome to this edition of Shear Jeshub, brought to you by the Church of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. I'm Patty Scalzo, and my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently teaching a Through the Bible study series on heavenly authority. Last time, we began a sermon on Shiloh, and Pastor began to examine why this site in Ephraim was chosen to be the first location in the promised land for the tabernacle, the house of God. To understand this important part of Israel's history, we needed to first appreciate the concept of the firstborn son and his rights and privileges in the Bible. Pastor Greg went back into Genesis to the account of Jacob's pursuit of the right and blessing of the firstborn. As we left off last time, his father Isaac, thinking Jacob was instead his older twin Esau, gives Jacob the blessing he so desires in Genesis chapter 27. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. So he gives the blessing of the firstborn over to Jacob unknowingly. And later on then Esau comes in from the field and he finds out what's happened. And Isaac says to him in verse 35, Isaac says to him, your brother came with the seed and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved the blessing for me? Then Isaac answered and said to him, Indeed, I have made him your master, and all his brethren I have given to him as servants. With grain and wine I have sustained him. What shall I now do for you, my son? I gave him everything. What do I do for you? And it tells us Esau wept. At this point he weeps because of what he lost when he was younger. He didn't even consider what he was giving away. The importance of that birthright, that position, and the blessing that was attached to it. In Deuteronomy chapter 21, by the way, from the dialogue between Isaac and Esau, you can tell that Isaac knows that when he blessed Jacob, the blessing was coming from God because it couldn't be changed. It was irrevocable. Chapter 21 of Deuteronomy tells us a little more about the double portion and the firstborn's inheritance rights in Moses' conclusion of the will of the Lord to the people. In chapter 21, verse 15, it says, If a man has two wives, and that was common in that day because of the, the hardness of their hearts. If a man has two wives, one loved and the other unloved. If a man has two wives, one loved and the other unloved. And they have borne him children, both the loved and the unloved. And if the firstborn son is of her who is unloved, then it shall be on the day he bequeaths his possessions to his sons that he must not bestow firstborn status on the son of the loved wife in preference to the son of the unloved, the true firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the son of the unloved wife 
as the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has, for he is the beginning of his strength. The right of the firstborn is his. And that's a phrase you see over and over in the scriptures when it speaks about the firstborn son. He is the beginning of his strength. And so if a man had two wives and the loved wife was trying to get him to give that privilege to her son and her son was not the true firstborn, then the man was required by God to still recognize the true firstborn son, even though he's the son of the unloved wife, and that son received the double portion, the leadership of the family, the one that would be the representative of the father, the one that had all the responsibilities, and the one that had all the privileges. In uh, Genesis chapter 49, we go back to Genesis. In Genesis chapter 49 and verse 3, we have again the prophetic, anointed last words of Jacob on his deathbed when he speaks about his sons. In 49 verse 1, it says, And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. So it's prophetic. And when you get down to verse 3, the first, of course, in the list should be his firstborn son, which is Reuben. And it says, verse 3, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength. There's that repetition again. How the firstborn, because... The father was the youngest at the time the firstborn son is born. How he's able to train him and teach him in a way that he may not be able to do with the other sons that come along as he gets older. He is his might. Reuben is to be his might. The beginning of his strength. The excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. That was what the firstborn son was supposed to be. The excellency of dignity and power, the representative, the son, the firstborn son, as a representative of the father. That was the characteristic of a true firstborn, spiritually, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. But what was Reuben? That's what he should be. Verse 4, unstable as water, you shall not excel. He was an unstable man. And because of that, he would not achieve the excellency. He would not excel to the position that he was supposed to by birth as the firstborn. Why? Because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it, he went up to my couch. And we know the story of how Reuben slept with one of Jacob's concubines, the mother of his half-brothers. And that disgrace lost him the right of the firstborn son. And that's why we read when we go back to First Chronicles. Remember I said we're going to be going back to and looking at, re-looking at First Chronicles chapter 5. In First Chronicles chapter 5, verse 1, Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, he was indeed the firstborn, but because he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, so that the genealogy is not listed according to the birthright. The genealogy we have listed here in Chronicles is not in the order of the birthright. Because even though Reuben was the firstborn son, 
His birthright was given because he did not act as the excellency of dignity, because he did not act as the excellency of power, because he did not act as the firstborn son, the representative of his father, that birthright is lost and it's given to whom? It's given to Joseph. It's given to Joseph because Joseph did act that way. Joseph wound up being the leader of his brothers. Joseph saves his father's life. He saves his brother's life. Even though they treat him horribly and they sell him into slavery, he brings salvation to them and to the Egyptians and to the whole civilized world at that time by being an obedient servant of God. He did excel in dignity and power. He was one that was put in the worst possible situation and yet he trusted God, and he was exalted because he humbled himself, and he became the leader of his family. And so because of his nature, and because of the deeds he performs, the firstborn right is taken from Reuben and given to Joseph. Now look what it says below that in verse 2. Yet Judah prevailed over his brothers... As far as how the tribes did when they came into the promised land, Judah prevailed. And here we go back to Judah himself. You see when he stands before Joseph how he has the messianic heart of being the one to take the problems upon himself. We'll talk about that another time. And his children, Judah's children, prevail in the promised land. They become one of the leading tribes, the most powerful tribe. And it says, and from him... From Judah came a ruler, although the birthright was Joseph's. So the firstborn birthright goes to Joseph, but it is from Judah comes a ruler. Well, who is the ruler that comes from Judah? The one we know of immediately is David, right? David is from the tribe of Judah. So we're speaking short term about David, and from him comes a ruler from Judah, but it speaks then long term about who? Jesus, Messiah, right? And you see that same phraseology in Micah, in Micah chapter 5. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting, from eternity, the days of eternity. So a ruler would come from Judah, a ruler would come from Bethlehem in Judah, a ruler would come to Israel who was eternal, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. So Messiah would have to come from Judah. But what does it say? The birthright was Joseph's. The right of the firstborn. Reuben loses it because of what he did. Joseph gains it because of what he did. So then you go back to Genesis chapter 48. 49 was a deathbed. But just before the deathbed, Jacob calls Joseph before him. And in Genesis chapter 48, Genesis chapter 48 and verse 1, now it came to pass after these things 
that Joseph was told, indeed, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. These are the sons Joseph had in Egypt. And remember, Manasseh is the oldest, Ephraim is the youngest. And Jacob, their grandfather, was told, look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make of you a multitude of people and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. And now, your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Your offspring, whom you beget after them, shall be yours, and they will be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. What is he doing here? What is he doing? He's taken the two sons of Joseph, his son, and he's making them Ephraim and Manasseh as though they're his. Just as though they were Reuben or Simeon, they're in the same place as Joseph's brothers. Now, any other children Joseph has, he says, they're going to be accounted by their brothers' names. So they'll be of the tribe of Ephraim or Manasseh. He's not going to give them more than this. But rather than having one tribe for Joseph, you now have two tribes, right? Two tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh. So he gives Joseph the double portion. He gives him the right of the firstborn son. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg Scalzo's sermon has been brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut.